Boys and girls, we are back here for another episode of the Virtus Podcast. I'm here with Tyler Frost, who's out of the interview chair today and into the interviewee chair. Into the hot seat. Into and the hot I'm seat. Backing up a tough act to follow with Greg Day, who was really, really articulate and was able to uh, get his point across quite well and clearly and intelligently. <laughs> so what you're saying is there's going to be a drop in quality today. I hope there's not too much of a dip. I, I remember Greg said... He mentioned that how he was able to portray things so clearly and intelligently because he's had time to reflect and yeah, reflect on what his, his experiences are and his learnings. He's able to take, articulate them so well, whereas I probably haven't had that space to do that yet. This is true. So, uh, mine, so mine learning experience, opportunity, yeah. opportunity to see how you articulate yourself and then listen to it back and room for improvement. And that's why that's we're it. here. So plan for today is I'm going to interview Tyler. Uh, we got the new slightly slightly adjusted video set up. So for those watching, uh, if you don't like it, let us know. Tell us. Give us some feedback. Um, but we're just going to try a few things. That's what we're here for. We're, this is just an experiment of, uh, of good, goodness, of good stuff. And for those just listening, nothing changes. Nothing changes mm. at all. We're still here. We're just talking about the video, which we probably shouldn't be doing. So Tyler... Plan for today, I just want to get to know you, and I want the Virtus family to get to know you, because yep. uh, we I'm fortunate enough to have gotten to know you over the last couple of years, and it's been glorious. My life is richer for having known you, but I feel yeah. as though the rest of the Virtus family needs to know about the boy from Hamilton. Yeah. Um, ner- nervous about this one. Like, I wasn't nervous before any other podcast. When you're having a chat. But, like, but now that you're it's all about you. talking about yourself, I like, don't know why... I'm so nervous. Let's get frosty. Yeah. <laughs> First question for you. Let's uh, let's peel back the layers. What gets Tyler Frost out of bed in the morning? Right now, just a pursuit to get better and grow and just be, and it's just the most cliche thing you could ever say, but the best version of myself you could be. And I almost hate to say that because it is so cliche and done to death. But uh, like I said on an earlier podcast, if you're not... If you're not trying to get better and pursuing growth, and every day, you know, there might not be there might be days where you're not getting better for whatever reason. But if that general trend isn't going upwards, then that's what like, we're here for, right? Then what are you doing with your life? Yeah, if, you, if you're getting worse, you're dying. Yeah. In my, in my, um, <laughs> if you're not growing, you're dying. And, yeah. and this is true. And I guess you know, to we Tyler and I just got back from presenting at a school, and one of the one of the girls who was uh, a little bit obnoxious throughout, <laughs> throughout the presentation was, you know, talking a lot, came up and apologised for talking a lot. And she said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just not motivated like you two. What is yeah. it that drives that inner desire to get better and inner desire to improve and grow that yeah. maybe some people haven't found yet or don't necessarily have? Yeah, it's really, f- experience. It's really funny because people think we're the, you know, ultimately so motiv- motivated, but we really we're not. Like, we struggle to get out of bed too. I struggle to find the motivation to train and... Oh, yeah even sometimes get up at 5.30am and go to work and do my oh. job, which I do love. <laughs> and I hate saying that because it makes it sound like I hate my job, which I don't. But yeah, like I'm, we're just like normal human Careful. beings that struggle to do that every now and then. And that all ties back to me wanting to become a better version of myself. So every choice you make is going to take you closer to or further away from the person that you want to be. Love that. And I'm just ultra aware of that. So I just know doing hard things is going to take me closer to who I want to be. So it's not easy to go to the gym and train. It's not easy to get up at 5.30 a.m. It's not easy to go to bed early. It's much easier to watch Netflix or YouTube for three, four hours. Um, But I've just cultivated that awareness of what makes me feel good. And that's through years and years and years of making the wrong decisions (laughs) and realizing that they make me feel like shit. That's years and years of... (laughs) 
especially at uni, going out three times a week and realizing how shit that made me feel and, you know, almost doing an audit of the foods I was eating, the content I was consuming and yep. realizing what made me feel bad, what made me feel good and then fine-tuning that over the last few years. And it's just, almost an oversimplification of like how to live your life is like do the things that make you feel yeah. good and don't do the and things we, that make you feel shit. And but we don't do that. The human condition but, is that we lean into the stuff that doesn't. Yeah, and sometimes the stuff that makes you feel good in the short term doesn't yeah. make you feel good. Like yeah. doing an ice bath, having a cold shower, training, it's short-term pain, but mm. it's long-term making you feel good. Hard choices, easy life. Easy choices, hard life. Yeah, that's something we one touched of, on with the kids. One of my favourite quotes. Yeah. Um, so you you kind of you touched on not being like that your whole life. When do you think – can you think back to a time when you kind of like started to maybe reflect and build some awareness around things that weren't serving you and, and you know, that ultimately allowed you to build this mindset, mindset and headspace that you have today? COVID was a really, really big catalyst for that because that t- ultimately took away something. Like I, I couldn't go out and spend my money and yeah. do dumb things and make, me f- ma- Thank make you, myself COVID. feel like shit. So that was a really big catalyst and it gave me all this free time to, yeah, I guess audit my life and figure out what made me feel good, what was taking me closer to who I wanted to be and what was taking me further away from that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... As much as we like to look at COVID as a bad thing, I am really, really grateful <laughs> for COVID. Yeah, and I think I think pretty much everyone can look back now and like COVID threw up a, a whole heap of different things for different people, but pretty much everyone, you know, and this is probably true for all struggles and, and difficult hardships in life is you look back afterwards and go, yeah, that sucked, but this is what mm. it taught me. Here's what I learned. Here's how my life is better for this. Yeah. And you can almost be grateful that COVID happened. Yeah, like literally every single bad thing that's happened in my life, which really isn't bad at all. I mean, <laughs> cruciest life ever. Yeah. But what at the time seemed like the worst thing ever, I look back on as being awesome. Yeah. And a great blessing to yeah, have happened it, to me. Yeah. I, I look like, you know, not bad things at all, but a couple of pivotal things like, you know, the car I was going to buy, my first car crashed the night before. Mm. Like um, the gym we were going to sign a lease on, we called up to say, yep, we're in. And then they were like, sorry, uh, someone else has just leased it. And, and you know, there's 15 different things that I can pinpoint and go, that sucked at the time, but ultimately yeah. it was the best thing. So if you're going through hard times, if, you're, if you've got something in, in your road, just know that, as Ryan Holiday would say, the obstacle is the way. Literally. Um, yeah, for myself, like... Midway through uni, didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. It was in a PE <laughs> teaching degree that I yep. sort of half wanted to do, half didn't want to do. Uh, breakups with partners over the past couple of years. Yeah. A couple of years ago, like at the time, they seemed like the hardest things ever, yeah. but like that's where the growth comes from. You always get through it. Yeah. All of, yeah, all of, uh, all of the hard times are where growth comes from. Do you tell me about, because you grew up, didn't grow up around here. No. Nah, Where did nah, you grow nah. up? What did I grew what up did, a long, long way what away? Did, uh, Tyler's childhood four and, and a half hours away years look like four in, and a half hours from from Verda. This is a long way away in Hamilton. That's uh, where I spent eighteen years of my life. A lot of people think it's the middle of nowhere. It's not. <laughs> it's not the middle of nowhere. It's actually a little bit in Hamilton. It's the middle of nowhere. Ten or so thousand people. Fair few schools. Uh, got all the takeaway shops. We've got Maccas. We've got a Subway. We've got a KFC. got a Hungry Jack's. You know, you know you're out in the sticks, like the edge of the sticks, where like your claim to fame is we have yeah. all of the major takeaways. we got them all. we got a nightclub that COVID ruined. <laughs> um, but it's been really refreshing to sort of 
get away from that and be in a place where I don't know a single person and don't have, uh, I was going to say a single support network to lean on would do at Virtus, but mm. like, you know. It didn't start out that way. Yeah, no. Because um, in Hamilton, yeah, I, as much as I love to pay it out and bag it out, <laughs> like it was a pretty good place to grow up where yeah. everyone just knows each other. Um, like it's just its own little world, I guess. Um, but yeah, it has been so refreshed because it's good to, I think the best growth happens when you are away from what you know. Yeah. So out of your comfort zone, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So if, that, we're rolling, if we're rolling on cliches today. And that's essentially what Hamilton is to me. It's just <coughs> a nice little comfort zone where I know everyone and it's where I've spent the majority of my life. What was Tyler like at high school? Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> Would you have been like the pain in the ass kid that we have in our school programs? Just like, like intelligent, yeah. obnoxious, good at sport. Just like you can kind of tell they're extroverted and just having fun, but kind of taking the piss a little bit. It was pretty switched. I went through primary school really, really, really switched on and yeah. doing good with my studies. And as soon as I got to high school, that just that and I was still really good with my studies. Like yeah. good, still pretty intelligent, but just didn't try. And I wasn't a very naughty kid didn't do like evil bad things but it was just annoying (laughs) and probably part of that's just all a part of that struggle to sort of try and fit in and just sort of find you be be cool so you just do dumb shit and (laughs) um so yeah that probably lasted all the way up to year 12 really even up in even in year 12 i was just a little little asshole (laughs) essentially and i I was doing a health and PE course for two years at uni, and I, I just would have hated to have someone like me in the class. Yeah, yeah. What did so? What was your like transition from like pain in the ass kid in year twelve through the uni system? What did you study? What like because you obviously shifted a few times. Mm. What was it like moving from Hamilton to Ballarat? You know, effectively the big smoke Ooh. if you're going from ten thousand people Ooh, to that's it. We thought it was because I had a few friends that went with me to Ballarat. So essentially, I had a whole support network to lean on while I was there. So it wasn't much of a move at all. Um, So my whole life I've had some sort of support network to lean on, like in Hamilton that had family, then your close friends, moved to Ballarat Uni, you've got your friends that have come there with you, then you're in res and you have all these other people that have, you know, moved from their hometowns to this foreign place. So you've got all these people to lean on, whereas moving here, you know, everyone's support networks, yeah. relationships are already established and you're almost sort of the odd one out. Like I've never been the new guy. Yeah. And so that's that's sort of something that's been really, really daunting for me. What drove you to make that change? Like obviously there were like the career op- op- opportunities mm. and things like that, but like you need to have that internal drive or and you know confidence and belief that things are going to be okay. What was the thing that kind of made you take that leap? So – man called Cam Elliott that used to work here man, shout out. a while ago, um, he did some consulting down in Ballarat. Yep. I think it was the time I had a bit of a cooked back and he like blew my mind with how good <laughs> he was. And I, I'm i a big believer of your sort of that, the, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself the most with. Yep. So I wanted to get better at being a coach, being a human being and ultimately create the life I wanted for myself. So I needed to surround myself with people that were doing that. And Love that. I'd followed Virtus on social media for a long, long time, sort of in the background since 2016, 17, and then realized Cam did some coaching at this joint. So <laughs> he ultimately left, but then I realized 
if Cam's coaching at this joint, then the other guys that be there that are coaching there, <coughs> they must be all right too. Reached out, did the internship, yep. and yeah, loved it. And once that, once the twelve weeks of that finished, I was satisfied, but also yep. unsatisfied. I really, really wanted more. Yep. So for I'd sort of leveled up as much as I could level up in Ballarat. I'd sort of reached my peak, but was still unsatisfied. So for yep. me to, I guess, beat the next boss and go to the next level, I had to, <laughs> Good. had to. Yeah, moved to Mornington where I didn't know anyone, didn't have any support networks to lean on and surround myself with people that were five times better than me. Like there's that saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. room. Like I'm sometimes sitting with (laughs) you and Greg and Mitch and I feel like a dumbass, but that's the best way to be. I feel the same way. Yeah. I feel the same way. I've been so uncomfortable and challenged and also working with Red Hill Footy Club, (laughs) which we'll touch on later. Yeah, sure. I've never really had a team sport role like that. So again- I'm working with these blokes that are bigger than me, stronger than me, better at footy than me. And again, right out of the comfort zone, but that's just where the best growth happens. Because if, if you're not being challenged, you're not growing. If you're not growing, you're ultimately dying. Oh, love that. Um, so let's go back to uni for a bit. So what, what, one, why did you go to uni? Two, why did you choose the course you did? And then what ultimately impacted your shifting careers to then you know, get to this point where you are now? Answer to both those questions was because that's just the story I told myself for <laughs> ten years yeah. of being a kid and growing you're up. You're gonna go to uni. Yeah, yeah. Going, gonna go to uni. My, Brother my went to uni. Exactly. I'm the gonna same. go to uni. Yeah, I just thought that's what you did. Yeah. Um, if I had my time again, I actually probably would, and not for the education side of things. I don't think uni is the gold standard of education, which it really, really should be, and which yeah. everyone thinks it is. But for the networking side yeah. of things, like, and for the relationship development and the personal development side of things yeah. like and just ex- the life experience um ultimately yeah education wise not so much yeah i think i think education wise can differ based off your tutors and the lectures mm. you have and things yeah. like that and you you know you get fresh new and not even necessarily new but but excited <coughs> um active lifelong learners as your lecturers then like uni from an education perspective is brilliant but yeah. if you get the ones that are just doing a phd and need to need to tutor then you know all the ones that are you know old and grumpy or you know a bit of a jaded because they've been in the industry yeah. a long time you get those kind of lecturers and you're like oh fuck like this is bullshit i'm not learning anything here um and i think like because i think because that's an interesting one. Like some people will be like, you don't need to go to uni, which mm. you definitely don't. Like, Other nah. people will be like, you have to go to uni. The way I look at it is uni taught me a lot of things that I wouldn't have learned if I didn't go yeah. to uni. And they're not, you're right, they're not necessarily the, the nuts and bolts of the SNC. Yeah, like it's not necessarily about that. It's basics a lot of, of biology and chemistry mm. and things that I probably wouldn't have gone and learned on my own. Mm. It gives you that foundational knowledge that then you can build on. Yeah, and just a lot of life and social things too, like yeah. learning how to meet new friends. Because you essentially, well, in my case, <coughs> growing up in Hamilton, essentially yeah. haven't done that since I was in prep and year yeah. seven. That was yeah, the last. True. That was the last time I met new people. So you're essentially a whole different person than you were when you're in year seven and grade prep. So you get yeah. to meet all these new people, and that's yeah. been the same moving here too. I've got to meet new people because I was probably still a little bit of that little shit when I was <laughs> in the first year of uni. <laughs> yeah. So again, with a new skill set, almost new personality, new persona, yeah. you get to meet different people yeah i look yeah i look at uni as like social element was brilliant and like almost the learning how to learn like learning oh like journal articles exist and you know yeah research exists and this is how it works and okay well this is a part of it but then also you know the practical element of it so so you're just from a timeline perspective you went to uni when 
2016, 2016. That was straight oh, out yeah. of school. And I'd always told myself I was going to have a gap year yeah. too. Like whenever the conversation comes, because when you're in year 12, you'll get asked yeah, a thousand yeah. times what, <laughs> what are you going to do. And a thousand to- 999 times I answered, I'm going to go to, no, I'm going to have a gap year. Yeah. I'm going to earn some money. And then, then I don't know, I actually don't know what made me change my mind, but yeah. I did. So I'd, I'd planned on going to uni and then was like, I want a year off. And then ended up doing my cert three and four and then went, oh shit, I'm going to be studying because <laughs> I didn't want to study all year because yeah. I was playing stingrays and footy and stuff. And I was like, I want to be a football player. And then I realised that Cert 3 and 4 was more contact hours than uni. Um, but you didn't go straight into an exercise science degree, did you? No, I did two years of health and PE teaching. Again, that just ties back into the story I told myself and told yep. everyone else for the 10 years. I'm, I'm just going to be a PE teacher. <laughs> like, and that's probably because of the mentors and PE teachers that I had growing yep. up and throughout high school. I really, really liked the way they did things. Yep. And I just saw myself really flourishing in that role and being a good mentor to kids, which again... <laughs> I guess I still am. Yeah, but just, you just I'm, do that in a different way. I, I just hate different just way. how I was so confined to a curriculum that I not so much didn't agree with, but I just didn't like being confined to a curriculum and within the school environment. Yeah. Um. So I guess now with our school programs, I can do things my way, teach what I want and what we feel kids actually need, yeah, yeah. which we did today at Cornish. Yeah, shout out. Yeah, which was a bit of fun. Um, and then yeah. when, what made you – because like – I don't know. I'm a big believer that if you quit your job to move to another job or quit your course to move to another course that you can't lose because you either go, oh, fuck, that was what I should have been doing, or you go, oh, I'm so glad I'm doing something different now. That's it, yeah, because at the time I was doing a little bit of PT work in Hamilton. So yeah, so you already pretty, started Pretty much coaching. myself and all my other uni friends that I met, we all went back home to our hometowns pretty much 85% of weekends. Yeah. And I'd go back home and work as a PT there you go. at a gym, Vitality Health and Fitness Shout in Hamilton. Out. In year 12, I did my Cert 3 Smart. as a part of my VCE. Yeah. Um, and that's where I sort of got my first taste of the industry. And in my social media, in my Instagram, all I followed was all these different SMC accounts. So Christian Woodford was a really, really big one and yep. was a big influence early. And all these different accounts, like Virtus was one, like, any gym, any S&C facility, any yep. coach, I followed him and I, that's just where I got my education from and then realised halfway through my second year that I didn't really care about becoming a better teacher. All I yeah. cared about was becoming a better PT, a better coach. Yeah. So that's when I made this. I was going to step away for a whole year in 2018 yeah. because a senior PT at the gym I was coaching at, coaching at, PTing at in Hamilton stepped it's away. So I stepped into his gym yep. manager role, which yeah, I was severely, severely. It's a good way to learn, right? It's a good little, it's a good little stretch. Yeah, and then also realised I'm going to be missing out on all these uni nights and all these fun experiences <laughs> with my uni friends. So I was so torn. Like I'm so unequipped for this gym manager role. I'm going to miss my friends. I'm going to miss out on all these social experiences. So I ultimately did part time uni in Ballarat. Yeah, part time. Gym manager, manager in yeah. Ballarat, uh, in Hamilton. So I was back Bouncing and forth between, between yeah. the two once a week, clocking every up some week K's. for like six months. No wonder the Falcon died. You were just pumping K's oh, into it each week, murdering it. <laughs> um, and it was a little bit of that. Um, uh, what's it called? Use your words. <laughs> when you know a little bit, you think you know a lot, and when you <laughs> Dunning Kruger effect. Yeah, the Dunning Kruger. So it was a bit of that. So yeah. I had, I'd got a little bit of a taste of some. You know, some Christian Woodford workshops and yep. you know some education off highly qualified coaches from my Instagram feed. Yep. Thought I knew a heat. The old thought Instagram I, degree. Thought I was big <laughs> shit. And probably compared to a lot of other smaller PTs <coughs> yeah. you know around my area, around my area, I probably was a bit better, but was nowhere near. Yeah. Um, 
good enough. So I needed to go back to uni and yep. continue to pursue that growth to become a better PT and a better coach. Yeah, beautiful. And then you spent your exercise science degree. So how long did you spend at uni total? Five years. Five years. Beautiful. Which is, wouldn't wouldn't it was a long solid. time, but <laughs> had a blast. Yeah. Yeah, you got got best of both worlds, right? You yeah. uh, you had the fun, <laughs> you had the fun getting pissed times. Yep. With also the realization of like, okay, yeah. this, this doesn't last forever, and this isn't conducive to the person you want to be. Yeah. What did what did your like your work uni balance look like throughout those years in terms of coaching and because oh. you bounced into a few different gyms, a few different roles. Ultimately, just doing the bare bare minimum of work <laughs> at uni. To f- well, or, or both. at uni yeah. and also yeah. work to fund. My uni lifestyle <laughs> of getting pissed and doing whatever else, and yeah, loves not a beer, not man. doing loves a beer, not doing much study. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah, and ultimately, eventually put the pieces together and realised how shit that made me feel. Yeah. And then, as I said, throughout was COVID, there a moment or was changes? it just a, a, a no, gradual just change. a gradual, just got worse and worse and worse. And <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say mental health stuff because I don't think it was that bad, but like just realised oh, how just realised how impacted, shitty. Right? Yeah, you know, you're feeling and how shitty your health is. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not doing things that are fulfilling you. You're just sort of yeah. almost wasting your days. Yeah. You make some changes. So the, do you think that, and this is, you know, a little bit of a sideways question, but do you think the <clears throat> health consciousness you have now and the desire to, you know, do all the little things around, mm. like what you're eating, what you're putting in your body, drinking water, saunas, ice yeah. bars, all that kind of stuff, do you think that's an overcorrection of those three or four years where you're just like... To- yeah, totally. Lo- loaded up. Totally, yep. And in that pursuit of health, which we might dive into later, which is what I did last year when yep. we had COVID again, yep. like ultra dived into health for like three, yep. four months. And I think the stress of dialing on health so much actually fucked my health even more. <laughs> and I actually saw... How's that for a catch Like, this too? is so relevant. I saw a funny meme an hour ago today and there's no picture... With it, like if you're listening, there's going to be no picture, but the picture's not really relevant anyway. It's just like the caption on the picture: biohackers making their health 15% worse from the stress of wasting <laughs> 95% of their time and energy on gimmicks that might make their health 1% better, which is ultimately yeah. what I did to myself. Yeah. Like, but it's a great learning experience to go through, right? Yeah. And like one of the one of my earlier mentors was Mark Buckley from FMA, and his one of the things he used to say was, "You can't give what you haven't got, and you can't you can't share what you haven't experienced." So mm. to you, know, you don't have to have done the thing that you're helping the person through. But mm. if you've gone through you know, that regimented health regime or you've rehabbed from an injury or you've experienced a powerlifting meet or whatever it is or you've played football on a Saturday and, yep. and, you know, and run, run your guts out, like having experienced that gives you the perspective of, of, as a coach to be able to say, hey, here's what, I, here's what my experience was. Here's what I, what I think. And then you kind of give your athlete or the the client you're coaching the space mm. to then explore it themselves with your so, experience as well. So you almost get them, they get to you know, make the mistake bef- without having to make the mistake. Totally. And that's one of my big coaching or programming philosophies. I'll never program something that I haven't done before because how can I like expect to know what my athlete's feeling going through when they're trying to learn yeah. and execute the movement when I haven't done it myself. Yeah. Yeah. If, how would you, if you could, uh, if we just just met and elevator pitch me your coaching philosophy, what would it be? I was actually sort of thinking about this the other day and sort of have been thinking about it over the past couple of months. Um, just empowering people to 
you know, do what they want with their bodies. So it just giving them back their health, trying to eradicate fear, trying to eradicate any fear or preconceptions that they may have. Yeah. yeah. Like no, no movement is bad movement. Like if I could teach people one thing, it'd be don't stop moving. Like do some sort of movement yeah. at all times because I stopped running for seven years and it has cooked me trying to start <laughs> running again. Back playing footy. Yeah. Lower shank issues, which has been my Tyler's legs are favorite, cooked. favorite yeah. thing to say over the yeah. last few weeks. Like don't stop <clears throat> doing movement. Like if, because it's just going to be so much harder to get back. But you're into a coach. You're the epitome of health and well-being, and the epitome of oh. knowing how to look after yourself. Why are you sore and tired? Because I was still <laughs> strength training and doing mobility and doing all this other stuff, but just wasn't running. Yeah. And now I'm cooked. Yeah, trying to run I, again. And I think you know, like not to <clears throat> not to steal an answer to your question, but almost like the goal of a of a gym training. Oh, sorry, a goal of a training program in the gym, outside the gym, whatever. The way I look at it is should be to build capacity to do all the cool shit you want to do. Yeah. And, you know, if potentially playing, going back to playing football or, you know, playing golf when you're older or running a marathon or, you know, going hiking with the kids, if that's part of what you want to achieve, yep. then what you do in the gym should drive that and should, su- and should you know, gym should supplement your life, not the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. And if we look at it as a, I look at training as just a capacity play it's just all right which capacities are great which capacities are lacking what do we need to work on and we work on it and we and we grow and improve and build a bigger container to be able to do cool shit that in a nutshell is is training that's it um what i guess from an experiential point of view what are the main experiences in your life that have shaped you as a coach it's a really really great question um Get around me not, for asking good questions. Thanks for saying I ask good questions. One that stunts me, but I'll try not to fill the airspace with too much <laughs> silence, so I'll just keep talking. Um, hey, there's nothing wrong with silence in a podcast. We need to become comfortable with silence. Yeah. I can't think of any experiences that I can single out, but more the coaches and the mentors that I've had to lean on that are better yeah. than me have probably shaped me. Um, yeah, and I'm a big believer in learn off as many different people as you can and don't get married to any one sort of system of beliefs yep. or any one coach's teachings because there's so many different things you can pick off each different one. But in terms of experiences that have shaped me, probably just that whole five years at uni and <laughs> yeah, auditing my life and figuring out what makes me feel like shit, what makes me feel good. Yeah. Leaning into those things that as make a task, feel good. task for everyone listening or watching is just, you know, if, if things aren't the way you want them to be, mm. write down all the shit you do yeah. and audit like which what what things fill you up, which things take energy yeah. away there's and a, do more of the shit that fills you up. There's a Dalai Lama quote, which I'm going to butcher because I can't remember it word by word, but it's li- it's almost like relinquish the things that make you suffer and acquire the things that make you feel good. Yeah. That's so that's probably the experience that has shaped me the most, just realizing what makes me feel good and what I've doesn't. I've always loved the quote, um, and again I don't know who it is, but when you before you try and heal someone, make sure they want to give up the thing that made them sick. Yep. And it's it's a uh, and, and I think it's more powerful. I had this conversation with the footy boys the other night. We're about to run through a big block of training and, you know, to get us primed for finals. And the most important thing we can do isn't necessarily to do the hard work. It's to take away the stuff that takes away from it. Yeah. So the, you know, the late night Netflix binges or the shitty food on a weekend or the seven beers after a game of football, like that stuff has its time, has its place. But if you want to make the most of the opportunities you're given, you need to take yeah. those things away, sacrifice, um, and life shouldn't just be about sacrifice, right? Like no. life, sh- you should be able to enjoy the 
the shit you love to do. Like, I'm sure you had some fucking ripper nights like, out in Ballarat. But there comes it, to a point, is this serving me? And that's one thing COVID did. It literally took away <laughs> what was making me sick. And now, like, don't get me wrong, still love a good time. But I really want to be in here. Like... Just can't do it to the extent that I did. I can't be out till the sun comes <laughs> up the next day. Like yeah. I, I get to eleven p.m. now and I'm having a drink yeah. with the boys and I got to go to bed. Yeah. I, I just can't get do it. Seven hours, yeah. eight hours. Yeah, That's I it. think one of the questions I like to ask myself and and one of the probably the if I was to nestle the number one piece of advice I've given to the most people this year, it's like ask yourself: Is this useful? Yeah. Is this thing that you're doing? useful is it moving the needle in one way shape or form is it making you feel better is it making you perform better is it making you recover better and if the answer is no then maybe get rid of it or maybe do something else totally um, what's the one piece of advice that you give the most to your athletes and or have received that's changed your life the most there's a lot of different advice i'd give to an athlete just depending on their situation well, context isn't um, important but <laughs> probably just expose yourself to a variety of different Activities, movements through different planes of motion, varying intensities. Yep. Like just be good at as many different things as you possibly can. And there's some athletes that's irrelevant to that might specialize in a certain sport that requires yeah, don't specialize too early. Certain characteristics, but yeah, like literally don't specialize too early and yep. expose yourself to as many good things as you can. And that's what I do with my athletes now because, like what myself and Mitch chatted about in our podcast a couple of weeks ago. You don't know what you don't know where your athlete or client's going to be in five years' yeah. time. They might have a new coach that God knows what yeah. they're going to prescribe them. So the best <laughs> yeah. thing you can do is get them robust enough to be in a position that they can tolerate whatever gets tossed at them. Yeah, and from a like like the the follow up to that is as an athlete or as a human, which you know, I <clears throat> I don't prescribe to the only certain people can become athletes, right? Like yeah. I think, and I could argue with different people with, until we're blue in the face. But everyone's an athlete. We all just have different events, right? Your event might be looking after the kids and, and running around after them and things like That's that. you. Yeah. Whack. As soon as you stop doing things and like as we get older, we stop playing sports, we stop running, we stop swimming, we stop riding our bikes, we stop doing the things that allow us to move. And, you know, there's that whole like myth that your metabolism slows down your age, as you age. It doesn't slow down because you age. It slows down because you slow down. Yep. Um, and the... You know, ability to maintain that like childlike enjoyment out of you know going for a hike, going for a walk, going for a run, you know, kicking the soccer ball, football around doesn't matter. Um, you know, as I as I get older and get towards the end of my my current sporting career, I'm kind of like, okay, well, I need to make sure that I don't just stop and then stop and don't replace it with something else. Like, you know, I guess that's why the gym is such a, a valuable place to so many people because that's the place where they move and they grow and they explore. But don't stop doing it in the real world because when you stop, you know, like you said before, when you stop growing, you're dying. When yeah, you stop you moving, you literally start dying. You're deteriorating. Yeah, and we spoke about this in our podcast, right? Like what happens with early death in terms of low, lower body strength and, low, and foot speed. And, you know, it's a little bit morbid, but at the end of the day, we want to build our capacity so that we can do as much shit as, we're, as we want when we're older. For like, as long as I'd possible. love to be able to, you know, deadlift my body weight when I'm 90. Like I'd love to be able to still still get into a jog yeah. and still swim and, and still, you know, still play around and piss fart around and, it, and every, take the piss. And every now and then in my Instagram feed, I see a video of like a 90-year-old deadlifting <laughs> so 100 kilos and it's epic. 
Yeah, and but the thing like they and there's got no there, reason you shouldn't be able to do they that. They got well, there's there isn't, but they got there because the people that can't do it event like at some point along the road, stopped. 40, 45, 50, 55, whatever, they stopped. And it yeah. might have been because of an injury. And then it, it gets harder and harder and harder to get back yeah. in. Yeah, like the biggest thing we can do for ourselves in any pursuit is build momentum. Yeah. Um, and we spoke about it today around like what's the one thing you can do today to make tomorrow a little bit better. Every yeah, whether it be work, whether it be community whether it be um health doing something today will make tomorrow easier and build your capacity and you just do that every day and eventually you're going to die but ideally yeah. you've had a fucking ripper run along <laughs> the way and you've been able to do stuff and you you're not you know stuck sitting down incapacitated um because you stopped stopped moving and stopped exploring good things like totally. you know the same thing can be said for for reading and for connecting with other people and building relationships and things like that so um now that you're now that you're well and truly entrenched in the Verta system, um, what is and you know we'll talk about the the learning experiences you've had along the way in terms of like internships and courses and things like that. What does the the future growth for for Tyler look like? Love to delve into some business stuff. So like one area of my life that's still quite poor <laughs> is the sort of financial literacy, business yeah. literacy side of things. Still living fortnight to fortnight. Read the books I gave you, yeah. At 24 years old, I didn't think I'd be doing, but here we are. Um, no, I haven't read the books I've been given yet. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> and that's just all a part of uh, priorities and making time for those things. Yeah. Um, business development, because ultimately I want to be free to do whatever I want, whenever I want, not having to worry about money. Like, And this might sound a bit excessive, but if I wanted to, I'd want to be able to, fly to Italy tomorrow. I'd want to be able to yeah. fly to the UK tomorrow and see yeah. my mates yeah. without a worry of having to do a coaching shift, without a worry of, am I going to have the money to do this? Yeah. Like, hypothetically, I'd want to be able to do that. Um, but how do you do that? Like, you because that you, in, because yeah. you, can't do, you can't do that. You need money to do that. So you need to do something that fulfills you to help you, I guess, gain that. Mm. Um, being here is a big key part yeah. of that. We'll, and we'll build it. We'll build into that. Like from a, from a, because that effectively that's a that's an A goal, right? Like we yeah. <coughs> for those that haven't listened to Greg and I talk about ABC goals, like an A goal. Uh, sorry, a C goal is the. What do you have? What do you want that you already have? Right. It's like a. It's a gratitude play around. Like, all right. Well, if you keep doing the things that you're doing, you're going to keep having the things that you have. To get something you don't have, you need to do something different. So, like, that's a B goal. Like, what mm. are the things that you want that that. Um, that you don't currently have and what are the steps to get there so it's like you know, something like buying a house or buying a car or going to see your mates in in london like they're things that are clearly you can clearly articulate step one to ten and mm. and tick it off right the the c of that sorry the a goal which is like the big hairy crazy goal is like what do you want that both scares and excites you at the same time and what are the first two steps to get there mm. and you know like i think we can be very impatient with achieving those things. Like yep. I reckon 24, I was probably in smack bang exactly the same position as you in terms of like going, Oh, I just want some like more freedom around what I can spend my money on and what I can do and where I'm going and all those kind of things. And ultimately like you're on the right path, you're going to get there. But the seagull is like, okay, what are the first two steps to get there? So the, you know, move into a space where, or a community that you love being around, that love having you around. Like you've ticked that box. Yeah. Like find a, find a house that and a and a space to live that you know supports your goals, which you've kind of just done, well, yeah, right? Yeah, we just just moved house. Yeah, literally so a week ago, 
you know, space with just myself and one other girl yeah. that's there twenty percent of the time. Yeah, so which gives you then the capacity to then go the all right, freedom sleep. and the quiet time that I need to sort of get my eight hours yeah. sleep. Yeah. Quiet in my mind. Not feel yeah. like I have to sort of talk to anyone. Yeah. And the next and step is like, okay, build the business capacity yeah. alongside what you're already doing from a coaching and, and education yeah. perspective. So, yeah, someone that's doing those things is able to post to their social media one time a day and yeah. build, build an audience. Yeah. Um, they're able to commit two to three hours a day to branching out to schools, yeah. clubs, corporate. Yeah. Um, and I think that's 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 the... Like the key for anyone achieving what they want to achieve and you know you do this brilliantly with your clients is just like all right you set out a path you follow that path you be patient with it and make sure that you have opportunities to reassess and assess and iterate what it actually looks like and then reiterate when things you know when you don't feel like you're making the progress or you're not connecting with the right people or things like that. Yeah, yeah. If there's something you want, look at someone that's already achieving that and don't ask what are they doing now, but <laughs> yeah, ask what, what they, they were doing the when you, yeah. they're in your position. Because you look at The Rock, who's <laughs> jacked and rock. eating 10,000 calories a day. I, I don't know how many. To get like The Rock, you're not going to eat 10,000 calories a day straight off the bat and train twice a day. You're going to do what The Rock was doing when he was your size and shape. This is true. Which the, I don't know if The Rock was ever my size and shape. I'm too much of a... <laughs> too much of a pretzel to be like the rock but yeah like who who are the people <clears throat> that you've looked up to over the years and learnt off and who do you look up to now because i guess that like who you aspire to be like um doesn't necessarily have to be like a hero but mm. but you know we see elements of what certain people do and we go oh i love your this person's ability to communicate i love this person's you know ability to create content or whatever who are those people for you that's it like your, your parents put the steps in place when you're zero to 18 and then you go and branch off and yeah. then people that are in positions that i want to be right now it's people like yourself greg mitch that uh that have been doing what i want to be doing for a fair few years and they're yeah. doing it really really well so that's why i've come here and surrounded myself with you guys um thanks for the pump up people like my coach alex sandalis um I've need to get him on here at some stage. I do. I've invested, when I was in uni, invested in going up to the Sunshine Coast to learn off a man, Jordan Potts, who at the time still is uh, one of the leaders in junior athlete development. Because at that time, that was an area that I really wanted to dive in and still am yep. quite keen on that junior development. Build, building um, a good, solid uh, group of young athletes yeah. under your charges here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Early days, Christian Woodford was one, and as much as I've sort of drifted off now and don't, you know, my coaching style has changed a bit. It was one that early days sort of set a lot of the foundations for me. Done massive things for young coaches yeah. the last 10 years. Yeah, um, And they're just a few off the top of my head. Like, I could rattle off so many more, but I'm actually sort of drawing blanks at the moment <laughs> because there is so many. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's that's a good way of, like, looking at your development, right? Is like you've got kind of the different areas of your life that – you know, you want to improve, like there's the resilient side where you kind of look at like your, you know, your ice baths and your, you know, Wim Hofs and, you know, people doing that stuff. And then you've got your coaching side of things and mm. you've got your education side of things and your finance, financial side of things. And obviously they're all intrinsically linked. Um, but do you have like a, a system or a process that you follow to kind of go, okay, well, what do I need to work on now? It, the funny thing is I don't like, that's probably one thing I'm, or lacking is just really, really clear-cut systems and processes for everything in my life. And I, yeah. uh, like, I'll come to a sticky point in my life, which I was at a couple of weeks ago and a lot of shit was going on with yeah. the house and work was busy and I yeah. wasn't getting anything done. It's like, shit, I just need some better systems in yeah. place for everything. And I'm like, shit, I need to create the time to figure this shit out and I just don't do that. Yeah. Um, 
So it's all about just sort of sacrificing one thing to make time for that to make things yeah. easier in the future. Sort of that short-term pain for long-term gain, which... Yeah. I mean, yes. we hear about it with like businesses, right? People talk about, you talk to most people that run their business and they'll talk about running in the business and, and or working in the business, sorry, and working on the business. Yep. And like our life is effectively a business or a project mm. or whatever. And we can look at our life as like working in our life, which is kind of what we want to do, right? Where things are a means within themselves and we enjoy, you know, being where our feet are and enjoying what our day looks like and where you know, we're doing the things we love because we love to do them, not because they're, they're going to create a, a better future. Um, but we're also need to take time to like take a step back, build some awareness, yeah, you know, create some clarity around what's working and what's not. Yep. Um, and then create systems and processes in our life that actually work on those things so that we can improve them. And then, like, in a nutshell, that's life, right? It's bouncing between the working in and working on and making sure that, yes, we love what life is and what we're doing, but we're also, like, dissatisfied enough to then go, I need to make this better for yeah. future me. And it it draws parallels with sort of the training and health and wellness experience for a lot of people too. Yeah. Like, everyone's so dialed in on working out and going to the gym and hitting their session, but they don't work in. Yeah. They don't strip back the layers and look at the other parts of their life, like their hydration, their stress yeah. management, their sleep, mobility. Good, uh, all that good hydration stuff. plug, by the way. Yeah. Play it. It's clean. It's cold. And that's what I call high quality tool. It's a really important part of the podcast, I think, just the mm. old hydration check-in that we do most episodes. Once a day. If you're not, if you've got a drink bottle with you, have a sip. Get around the new Virtus drink bottles, by the way. Stay hydrated, maniac. 750 mil, double walled. Get excited. Um, beautiful. All right. So <clears throat> changing tact a bit, just changing, changing, changing What's path. Mean? I don't fucking know, man. I just, just, say, <laughs> just say shit and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, so what does your professional life look like in the moment? So actually, I don't need to answer it because you're going to tell me. Yeah. Um, what did your week look like? About 20 to 25 hours of coaching per week. So I'm in here at Virtus either 6 to 11 or 3 to 8. Which we love. And it's a... Awesome, awesome way to get paid. Like, I, <laughs> it blows my mind that I actually get paid to do it, and it blows. I can stop if you want. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I literally just get to rock up in for five hours, just hang out with good people, hang out with whoever comes in. Yeah. You, you check Waterfire, see who's in for the night, and it's like sick. Get to hang out with them. Yep. Get to hang out with Schmitty. You're yep. like, oh yeah, another shout out. Another shout out. That's five straight. <sighs> One um, day we'll get, forget get, him. Get to shoot hoops with Michael Bazine, <laughs> and then and <laughs> does does not want to lift away. Just wants to throw. Basketballs yeah. at the ring. Um, I'm responsible for the development of young guns like Nikki Beardy and Matilda Argus, Ellie Simons, who's leaving us. Good humans. She'll be back. Yeah, she'll be back. Um, yeah, so really, really lucky to yeah. be able to come here and. It is. It is pretty. It is pretty get, cool. Get like paid you to talk, do that. Like, yeah. You know, like obviously yeah. we built this thing, so it's like, you know, we we have our members and our community, but and ourselves to thank for building this thing. But mm. it's pretty cool to be able to. I mean, you don't want to use someone else's uh, lack of joy or enjoyment about what they do to kind of like um, to pump, to up, pump your up your own. own but yeah. it does it does create some like perspective when you chat yeah. to people that don't love what they do or don't yeah. love their job, where they go, oh, "Fuck, I got to go to work today." And like we have those those moments where like, oh, I can't really go to work. Yeah. But very rarely do I ever think of a time where work hasn't just flown by and I haven't gone like, yep. "This is I love this." Like, 
Like the other night I was a bit flat and I was about to run a session with 25 <laughs> under 17 boys and I wasn't quite ready for it. But yeah. as soon as it started, it was yeah. just high energy and it was yeah. awesome. And then by the end of it, I was stoked. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So that's 20 to 25 hours of my week. The other 10 or so, I'm doing some business to business yeah. outreach stuff. So sort of liaising with local clubs in the area, trying to get some corporate programs up and running yeah. and sort of facilitating our relationship with schools, which at the moment looks like our scholarship program. So yep. we have two different schools per semester that they provide year nine and 10 students that want to pretty much upskill their physical and mental development. Yeah. They apply and they essentially get to hang out at Virtus for 12 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So we, yeah, we wanted to what take the barriers away that, you know, around a year nine or 10 who maybe doesn't have the, the, the financial capacities from their parents and mm. maybe aren't working yet. We wanted to make sure that we still got some, uh, some athletic development and some teaching and education into those young yeah. kids. So like, that's been brilliant to see you oversee that program. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's been so much fun. They're all ripping kids too. And it's probably another five or so hours, of just my own personal development too. So upskilling mentorship about to start Jamie Smith. Yes. Yeah, business mentorship. Um, That'll doing some doing some sales training with Alex Bowes and with Sarah Consultancy. Yes. Because um, as much as I sort of despised salesmen <laughs> and yeah. anything to do with sales growing up and throughout my role with Ballarat Genesis Health and Fitness, <laughs> like everyone, everyone yeah, that, is. That'll, a, uh, yeah, that'll do it for you. That'll every single person, you person is a salesman. Yep. Like you got to learn how to sell. How to sell. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think like. Yeah, Sayers and Shane and those guys that teach us say I always say say it wrong. Um, is like their their whole thing is selling fitness for good. And mm. I think that, you know, at the end of the day we exist to help people improve their lives, improve their capacity, improve their ability to to, you know, learn and, and move and, and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, like we want to add value. Mm. Like in a nutshell, good salesmen are the salesmen that add value that, you know, under promise and over deliver. And I guess that's what we wanna a conversation I had with Shane was like one thing I just hate about sales is when we're just manipulating people and he's like yeah you're right we are but if you're manipulating people to do to, good to things do good. for themselves then what's the problem with that yeah. and yeah. I said touche yeah it's it's like yeah because like at the end of the day we <clears throat> we've seen the light like we love health and fitness so like I know well, you probably love health and fitness more than I do these days but like I love the that growth element of it and that like you know hunting progression side of side of life and we've seen the light in a lot of different ways. Like we get to see it with individual members that, you know, go from where they are to where they want to be. And we get to see that progress and we see what improvements it has to their quality of life and their capacity to do things. And we go, we kind of want that for everyone. It's like, it's like when you read a really good book or watch a really good movie, you're like, oh, everyone in the world needs to see this yeah. movie. And I feel like, I feel like this around kids, right? I'm like, now that I like, you know, not sleeping all that well, but just experiencing the, the unconditional love and the the beautiful things it does to your life. Like I kind of, I think I said to mum one day, I was like, do you love me as much as I love these guys? And you kind of like understand why your parents have done so yeah. much for you. And it's brilliant because it's like, and now I want all my friends to experience that. And I know they will in their own time, but it's like, you kind of want to force feed people, but people will do it in their own time. But I think as a coach and as a, as a salesman in a nutshell, like your job is just to, facilitate greatness facilitate that's good it. things and, you know in the last few months I've been heavily sort of working on myself too and seeing some really good gains in strength physique just general health not running and 
Hey, no, I'm not running. We'll that's, get there. That's deteriorating. We'll get there. We'll get there. But not realising how easy it is because it is a slog and it's a daily battle, but realising how simple it is. Yeah. It's like, shit, I've, yeah. I've got to pass this on to other people. Yeah, and I think you've said it before, but like it's a simple thing. Like everything you do is taking you one step closer, yeah. or one step further away from the person you want to be. And like that's the person, the athlete, the the you know father, the partner, the friend, the son, like or mm. daughter. The you know everything you do takes you a step further and a step closer away. And yeah. like I said to the kids today, is like you're not gonna you're not gonna hit hit that target 100 percent of the time, right? It's no. probably gonna be more like 80 20 or 70 30. But the closer we get to that, you know hitting it as often as we can, the better your life gets. The yep. the bigger, you know, I've said this word a thousand times this podcast, but the bigger your capacity grows and the more you're actually capable of and the more you can be. Um, and, you know, like one of the, one of my goals for the next 12, 18 months is just to like empty my calendar effectively. It's like to, similar to what you, what you want to mm. achieve. Um, you can't do it because I need you doing things so that I can empty my calendar, <laughs> but we'll build that into I'll find someone else we'll to keep, replace But that's it. Eventually. We'll keep leveling it up and, and kind of cultivate that environment here where we can do that. Um, and that only, that comes from doing the work first. I think a lot of people want to skip that step or almost mm. like go, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's looking for a shortcut. Yeah. And they don't exist. Nah. <laughs> they don't exist. Like, um, What's the Naval Ravikant quote? It's like, um, love, wealth, and um, house full of love. House full of love can't be earned. They uh, can't can't be bought. They must be earned. Um, I've just butchered it completely, but that's all right. You get the yeah. get the idea. You get the idea. So but you need to earn this stuff. That's you need right. to yeah. Earn good things on the pursuit of growth and financial freedom and freedom of time to do what I want. I've sort of in a way, got to sacrifice those things and really, yeah. <laughs> really dig down and hustle for a little bit. But I know yeah. it's only short term. Yeah. I mean, I look at like, you know, like our life have a lot of parallels and a lot of similarities. And like, I look at now I can kind of, you know, I'm obviously a footy a couple of nights a week and, and, it, um, you know, I work Monday nights at the moment and, and, you know, I spend the rest of my nights like putting the girls to bed and doing dinners and, and helping KP with that stuff when I have the capacity to. And like, I've kind of, built that in by, you know, there were countless nights where early on Virtus I slept at the gym and was you know, we used to be here till ten o'clock most nights and um before before we built a coaching structure that actually allowed us to refuel our our minds and our our bodies as coaches, because um, we were just like it was a wild west back in the day. But um we kind of you've you know, in a way you've kind of like paid your dues. And I don't think mm. like I don't think people have to people going through that now have to suffer because you suffered. I definitely yeah. think like my job in a nutshell is to make sure you guys don't have to go through those things and that you can experience the good things that we get to experience now um, because of, not in spite of, um, the the difficulties that we had to go through to build this thing. Um, and now you guys get to, you know, you and Mitch and Jazz get to experience it in a different way, but then you get to make it better for, you know, whoever comes after you, like – you know, one of my big hairy goals is for for Virtus to exist without me, but not only exist is to continually continually level up and grow and evolve um, without the need for my input, which it, or it's already doing we, in we a bunch of different that. ways. You definitely don't, <laughs> but that but that's the best part about it, right? Like I, you know, the ego that I maybe that drove a lot of the things I did for five or six years ago doesn't really exist anymore, um, and it exists in different ways. Like I want to. I was talking to a couple of the older boys at footy the other day and my enjoyment out of football comes from seeing the younger boys do the stuff that I used to do 
And like, it's a hard transition to go from like, you know, being the guy that everyone needs for different things to then being like a, a part player or a, you know, on the side. But it's like, it's so much more rewarding seeing other people succeed because you were able to like lay down the path in front of them. That's kind of the yeah. way I look at it. Great. Um, nothing from me on that. Nothing from you? No. Oh, good. I'm going to have some more water. I'm not going to press the button again though. Um, so I guess the last, let's, let's, uh, oh, 51 minutes. That went quick. That so went the last well. like kind of seven or eight minutes, I'm just going to like throw a bunch of questions at you. We've obviously, we've obviously done the quick fire 30 already done with Mitch. So that'll be out a couple of days in a couple of days time. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday night. So hopefully this goes out Sunday night and that goes out Wednesday night. But what are you most excited for? Um, just to see how much better I can become. Like just. The limit does not exist, so I just want to see Ooh. how far we can push it. Like, Love that. Like, I look back at two years ago and then look at myself now compared to two years ago yeah. and look at how much better I am. It's like, shit, I wonder how much, I wonder where I'll be this time next year and then the year after that and then the year after that. It's, it's exciting. Yeah, like, that's pretty cool. What yeah. are you most proud of? Oh, this is probably a bit cliche, just myself, my own development. Like, that's good. Yeah. Sounds like potential. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Good. What are you? Who are you most proud of outside of you? Like, who are the people? Or and, and a secondary part of that, and you can answer both at the same time. They're probably the same, maybe the same people. Like, who are you most appreciative for? Uh, most proud of my parents for putting up with me for, <laughs> and, and still there continuing to put up with me. Yeah. And now probably only just now finding the time and money to do the things they <laughs> want to do and yep. live the life that they want to. Yeah. I've always, I've always probably delayed a. Good decade because of me. <laughs> so. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, mum and dad. I think it. I think it's. Um, I think you become an adult. We, we, you were talking about this like, mm. this morning with the kids, right? There's 16, 17 year olds. There's like 60, 70 of them in a room, and we're kind of, you know, I'm talking about the things I've learned over the last decade, and you're talking about just becoming an adult and things like that. Yep. I think the moment there's no moment, but the moment you become an adult is the moment you realise your parents were right about most things, and you're like, yeah, I was a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been legally an adult for six years now, yep. but only only this year, the past few months, have I really started to feel like one. And a big yep. catalyst for that has been, yes, that one, but also, two, not spending any time at all, really, with the people you love most. So that's, yeah, your family, then friends that I'd never really see anymore at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah ever. Just, just takes takes time. Who was that? That was Gregory. Gregory? Oh, what a great man. Um, yeah, perfect. What um, what piece of What's the best piece of advice you've been given? That you've received that that has shaped who you've either become or an action you've done or what you've or what you what you've done. Hello, Sa Greg. Sauna jocks. Oh. They yours? No, not mine. Um, I don't know if this is the best one, but this was a bit of a funny one that I got when I was on placement at Exalto Performance on the Sunshine Coast with Jordan yep. Potts. <laughs> this was just as I'd finished up the placement and I was just about to leave, and one of the last things he said to me was like. Fucking look me in the eye when you're talking to me. It's like, <laughs> it's like when you yeah, start, when you get really, really nervous, advice. you don't look me in the eye. Yeah. So, so now, well, I haven't noticed that. So yeah, you know, no, no, no. It's, it's, I've been thinking about it hard for three years. <laughs> Every single moment. Yeah. So if you want to get trust from someone yeah. or really build a relationship, like look them in the eyes. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. just going to fucking eyeball you yeah. for the rest of the podcast. And you like, can't do it too much because it gets weird. But, yeah, it does you know, get weird. But that connection and that ability, like. It's just basic you know, relationship building. Yeah. What's a what's a book? And we, you know, obviously we ask all these questions, favorite books and stuff. But what's a book that shaped your current, like who you are? Is there one? 
Not so much. I really, really like... I can't say it shapes me too much, but it's one that I think everyone should read. It's How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's yeah. another just really basic relationship yeah. building, just just being a good person, yeah. basic life skills sort of yeah. thing. It's, I can't say it shapes me too much, but I think everyone should read it. Yeah, I think it, it, it just gives you a kick up the bum for the stuff that you already know. Yeah. It's like, yep. it's a reminder of the stuff that you know is important. And that's like the like, look people in the eyes, address people learn by their, their first name. name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. Um, what's What's the... Oh, I well, asked the advice one, or, one already. Um, we didn't talk about football, Red Hill. What is yeah. so? How did you find yourself down to down up to the hill rather than to the Stone Cats? To the Stone Cats, which is heartbreaking. <laughs> Better blokes. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I deal with Stone Cats every single day at work. Emotional, Dan. Um, yeah, they essentially did a twelve or an eight week block of preseason at our gym. Yeah, their SNC was leaving to go and join the army. Yeah. And was wondering who's going to fill his gap. He asked Mitch. Don't know why he didn't ask me straight away. He asked Mitch, and Mitch said, "Why don't you just ask Tyler?" Yeah. And so that's been an awesome stepping stone for me to one meet new people, yeah, and to again develop that skill, that coaching skill set, and get out of my comfort zone yeah. because being in a team sport environment, like, is yeah, not really something I've ever been interested in. It's just different. Like it's it's different very world. different to the private system. Yeah. And I've never been an incredible footballer, so to now <laughs> be in that environment, be yeah. a leader at a football club yeah. and have to tell these blokes that are better at footy than me, <laughs> yeah. stronger than Here's me. Here's what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's been really daunting, but also a great yeah. Great challenge. That's awesome. It's been brilliant to see like because um, I remember when you first said I'm moving to Mornington, I was like, I gotta find, I gotta help you find a job. And I tried to get you a job somewhere else. You're like, I can't work there. Yeah, no. Nah, and, <laughs> and then you eventually, obviously, started working that. here and stuff. And then, so a lot of, so a lot of your life has been like wrapped up in Virtus, which has mm. been brilliant for for all of the growth and and connection that you get from that. Yeah, but it was but, almost and, like and it's also that same thing of growing up in Hamilton and then yeah. moving to Ballarat yeah. with half yeah, the people. Same I knew. people. Like, it's if just you came to the Stone Cats, the same people. Yeah, yeah. If you came to the Stone Cats, it'd be like same circle. It'd be right? it'd be an echo chain. I had yeah. to go and yeah, see which I think, and, you know, I, I remember like being super stoked for you that you did that because yeah. it's like personal growth, meet new people, yeah. Plus, you get to run your own show and, there, and that, that's been really hard too because they're all blokes that have grown up, played junior footy together. Yeah. They've all got their really strong relationships within the club, and I, again, yeah. I'm the new guy that's yeah. know, still struggling to try and fit in, but. That's just the challenge wherever you go. What advice would you have for someone that either wants to change career or wants to change clubs or wants to move somewhere different? What advice would you have for them if they're kind of like on the edge going, um, uh, I don't know if I should? Does it align with your values? Does it take you closer to who you want to be? If it does, do it. You'll make it work. Oh, and on that note, any more for any more? Uh, give me a prompt. One more prompt. Uh, what does your perfect Sunday afternoon look like? Perfect Sunday afternoon. I'll wake up, catch a sunrise, oh. have a coffee. It'd be summer. Yeah, um, good. Grab a coffee. I mean, I love yeah. this part of the world, but this, this like two-month period sucks. Mm. And it, it it's good for us because we need it. We need yeah. we need the cold to appreciate the warm, yeah. but I'll tell you what, I could deal with some sunshine at the moment. Yeah, I'd catch some sunshine. Yeah. Good. Love that. Get your, get your sunshine. Any more for any more? Get your vitamin D. Drink three litres of water, please. Eat nutrient-dense food. Good eight hours sleep. Goodbye. Have a good day.